I'm Haley and this is Taya, and welcome to Haley and Taya Rumpus International. We'll start over and also sometimes talk about other stuff, a podcast. Also known as Citrusa, and this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 13, Ghost Facers. It originally aired on April 24th, 2008, and was written by Ben Edlund, who has you written- You did it right this time! What? We usually fuck it up. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it was written by Ben Edlund, who we just saw for Malleus Maleficarum and did some others that were mostly meh, and was directed by uh, Phil Sagricia, who also did ones that were meh, including the last one. Cool. So, cool. So, um, I don't, um, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I, I didn't write this down, but I feel like it's fair game to put in a content warning for this one. Okay, Um, yeah, that makes sense. That a gay character dies, Mm -hmm. um, and his death is heavily exploited and also and he is shown on screen like he is his dead his body is shown on screen like various times like yes as the focal point the 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 overwhelming plot of this episode is a gay person's death yeah um very upsetting we will be discussing that like a lot so yeah. like and it's very upsetting not just be like not just because he's a gay person. Nice. It's just yeah. It, it's, it's also just, just upsetting, which it's totally ends up a little weird. <laughs> right, which just again, we will talk about. Taya yeah. has many things. So, many so things. I have written more than just one sentence for the synopsis today, but it's still pretty short. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, because I actually liked this episode and, like, felt like writing a little synopsis about it, so. Mm -hmm. Um, Ed and Harry, formerly known as the Hellhounds, now open up as a reality ghost show. They warn us as viewers that this is shocking shit, and then bring us through the phases of research, entering the property, and the filming of the special night. It starts off like your basic reality TV ghost show that is low-budget and cliché, but then it gets real. Sam and Dean show up. And then Corbett dies. They find out that there are really ghosts and everything goes to shit. At the end, Sam and Dean figure out what's going on. But for once, they aren't the ones to really save the day. Corbett is. It ends with our boys watching the complete pilot product with the rest of the living ghost facers. Dean says it was, quote, half awesome. And Sam calls it a gross exploitation of Corbett's death. They leave, and the ghost facers find a large electromagnet in the bag they left behind, which effectively wipes all of the footage, leaving Sam and Dean unscathed. Okay. We'll talk about this more. I think it's probably Haley's first note, but I wanted to mention it here. Um, But this episode was written, and this whole season was written, and we've talked about this previously, during the Writers Guild Association strike back in 2000. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring it up because as of we were we're recording on May 3rd as of May 2nd the Writers Guild is, is striking again and from oh. this point out I'm calling them WAG, WAGA <laughs> um, I don't know if that's or do we say WAG, WAGA or WAGA what did we decide WAGA. on? WAGA yeah I don't know if that's actually how it is but that's how I say it in my brain so that's what we're saying here so we do support this strike it's very important for writers to be getting 
like the pay they deserve and the benefits that they deserve, even if they are writing absolute trash garbage with no intention of making better content. I firmly believe that it doesn't matter the quality of the content you're making. But Supernatural Season 3 is, like, painfully obvious that it's written during this strike. Mm -hmm. And I'll mention it a little more during Lore Library, but this episode in particular is... It, it, it's it's affected by the strike, and some of the reviews reflect that heavily. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's actually, it's not my first note, but it is my second note. So Go for it. Uh, so my notes today. My first note is real. Oh, wait, no, before my notes. The death count. The so death count. The death count for this episode is technically four. Like, I don't, the death count for this episode is weird, because obviously we're in a haunted house. Um where there are many dead people. So we know at least two because the... We see the, the echoes. The, the death echoes. And then we also know that um, the guy, the main guy, whose name I forget, the big bad of the episode. Oh, yes. Um, it's not important. <laughs> Strange yeah. enough. So, like, he's dead, so he's a ghost. And then the only, like, the only real death in this episode... Is Corbett? It's but Freeman Daggett, by the way. Freeman Daggett, yeah. Um, I knew it was, like, one of the characters from Angry Beavers. So, basically, the only real death in this episode is Corbett, so there's only technically one death on screen. But then there's also Corbett's ghost death, and the mention of Daggett's actual death, and Daggett's mm -hmm. ghost death. I, I and do also... want to say we didn't we didn't put this as a trigger warning since it's just in mention. Um, if you're watching and it's it's going to be upsetting, Daggett's death was a suicide. So shit, was it? Yes, I'm on we his page that. right now, and it it passed me by. So maybe it's mentioned really quick, but just a heads up: there is oh, a suicide poison? mention. Uh, uh, horse tranquilizers. Oh, okay. Was there rat poison mentioned in this episode? There was a dead rat. Oh. Maybe I think of something else. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, they don't go into it, but, like, that is something that is mentioned in this episode. Cool. Uh, my bad for not catching that. I was... No, it's okay. When we say that, like, it's so not the point. And one of the reasons it's not the point is because, like, while Sam and Dean are figuring this out, like, the ghost facers are off doing nonsense. So, like the story of the ghost isn't, like, really a focal point. Like, I didn't even remember this guy's name. I didn't really right. catch... Like, they tell you stuff about his birthday party, but, like, you don't have to pick up on it. I barely picked up on that. You don't yeah, actually no, I didn't need either. that for the episode. I was just paying attention to Corbett and how sad he makes me. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, now my notes. Oh, wait, well, I didn't give the real number. So, technically, technically, there's... There's only one death. Um, but if you count the ghost deaths and everything, there are technically six in this episode. Okay. Plus a bunch of, like, unnamed deaths from uh, Daggett's past. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, now my notes, for real. So my first note is <laughs> really important. It's Ed's fucking yellow converse. <laughs> oh, my God. So in the very first shot when he, they're like, this is this is serious shit. Ed has on a pair of, like, mustard yellow Converse, and they just really got me for some reason. I I can't explain it any further. I just really liked them. Um, I feel like it's a really important character note. My next note is, during the writer strike, okay, meta, 
so yeah we'll obviously talk about that later or did you mm-hmm. yeah okay then my next note is ghost ghost facers because it's really important to me then i have harry is so funny why are the buttons on his shirt like that i said shirt it's a sweater Taya pointed it out before I, like, actually made the note. But, so Harry has, like, button, like, Hot Topic buttons on his shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're not in any, they're, like, all over his fucking sweater. They're yeah, not just not in bo- one area. They're, like, <laughs> they're just, like, randomly spattered on, like, everywhere. On, on the front, too. And he does eventually put them on a vest later on, which makes much more sense. But the first time they're like, I, I called it a hoodie in like the, the reaction, but it's literally like, it's almost like, like a zip up, like track jacket. Like it's like that yeah. kind of fabric. And I was like, that's not what people put buttons on. Usually you it see them on like really a sturdier jacket because it'll tear the fabric. Otherwise I was so confused, but it I was... guess that was like the vibe that they were going for. of just like, right. It's very silly. It... <laughs> it's, it's silly. It is silly. And I like, I just, I, I enjoy them. I think they're mm-hmm. so funny. My next note is, holy shit, an Asian person. Uh, <laughs> that hey guys, doesn't sound awesome, but yeah. No, it doesn't sound awesome, but that was our collective reaction while watching. And yeah. it finally added to our diversity chart, which I'm actually going to, I don't know if I've filled out really great this season. No, like, we're starting, keep... we're starting here with like the caveat that we haven't, been keeping track before like this point yeah because we've obviously met other characters of color but like this is the first time we're truly like now we're tracking it yeah um because the last one i have written down was uh from from uh it was isaac and tamara from season from the first episode yeah so i don't know i think it's because we were doing like specifically main characters but even then i feel like there's been a couple that have just slipped because i i don't always so guys i switched to doing my notes digitally forever ago so i don't always take out my notebook now but i have the chart in my notebook so yeah it just i think sometimes it slips i think the best way for us to do it if we want to actually keep track of it moving forward is to they have to be they have to be named and they have to be in more than one scene okay i like that because, and also, like, I think it would help if we do it in a Google Doc so that we can both Yes, have if we do it in a Google Doc, because then we can also add um, the gay list. The gay list. I don't yes, know what else to call it. we will talk about. I don't I feel know what like... to call it. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about that during Lore Library. Um, <laughs> Great. Cool. Uh, my next note is really good as well. So one of the characters in the Ghost Facers squad is fuck what's his name it's not branch but that's all that's coming to me right now what's his name spruce like... yeah thank you spruce yeah spruce you thought he was bruce earlier right um this character doesn't exist this character completely doesn't exist right this character exists for this joke and this joke only when he is first introduced he says that he is one fifteenth jewish and one sixteenth. No, he says he says I am fifteen sixteenths Jewish and one sixteenth Cherokee. Oh, really? Fifteen sixteenth Jewish, one sixteenth Cherokee. That's Stop. the joke. And then That's he made some really kind of funny. jokes about his grandfather's doing making different things, yeah. and then being one of them being an addict. Yeah. While driving a golf cart. Yes, it's. Uh huh. It, I love the ghost facers. Um, 
And I know Tay is going to give you a lot of reasons later why this episode isn't, like, great from, like, a moral, like, writing standpoint. But from an enjoyment standpoint, it's a good time. My next note is Corbett gay moments, followed by Corbett's, like, swooning over Ed and then saying, oh, and Harry's nice. Just really got me. I thought that was very funny. Then I have the note, Dad, come on, because while they're fucking recording, they're in a garage. And the garage door opens, and it, it, like, pans over to, like, an older guy, like, pulling in the garage in his car, and I forget if it's Ed or Harry, is just like, Dad, come on, we told you not now! You told me I could use the garage! Yes, and it just, like, really adds to that pathetic, like, ugh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how old these guys are supposed to be, college age, do we think? It is, it, I don't think it says, um. It does not say. Cor- I will say that Corbett's, like, page says that he is the average height for a 23-year-old. He appears the average height for a 23-year-old. I was confused because I found a Medium article, which, the thing about Medium is you can, like, just write something, and then they'll right. pay you based on views. So this doesn't, this isn't, like, this doesn't mean it's, like, it's, Canon. like, that like well nothing on medium necessarily is like more um official okay than any other news that but then like sometimes you'll find something and you're like oh this is a relatively official entertainment site medium isn't exactly that because anyone can write because i was confused that's why i was on corbett's page and found out he is the average height for a 23 year old which i suspect was probably just the actor's age at the time right but the line in this article said Next up is Corbett, a gay teenager, and I don't know where they got teenager. So I don't think there's any. I ages. think so. Here's I what I think that they got teenager from is because he's an intern. Yeah, I I was like I was guessing he's just slightly younger, but he's not that much younger because like he looks about the same age as Maggie. Right. So I'm gonna say they that they're college they age. Like, I think there's a chance that Ed and Harry are like, like mid slightly later 20s but like not they're not like that much older than us i would say yeah i think that the 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 oldest that they are is 26 yeah but i think that but we're also guessing we're just guessing we're guessing Um, we're making shit up we are making shit up which is what we do here anyway the next one i have i have a lot of quote notes which is Mm -hmm. that rhymes that's fun i have a lot of quote notes today because there's a lot of really (laughs) There's just really good lines in this, such as the next one, which is when they when they hear the music playing, and they say, "Not cops, just Hicks." Yep. <laughs> when talking, because um, Sam and Dean pull up, and they think it's the cops, but then they're like, "Oh, not cops, just Hicks," and that I really like yep. that. Um, I think that they should be referred to as Hicks more often. Anyway. Dean going, oh, fuck me, but also it's, like, censored, obviously. Um, when he realizes who they're with, it was really mm-hmm. funny to me. I really liked it. Like, Sam noticing first, and then Dean being like, oh, fuck me. It was really good. Then I have, yes, ghosts reenacting their deaths, followed by death echoes are my favorite thing in the world, because they fucking are. I... <sighs> I've talked about ghosts and how much I love ghosts. I've talked about it, okay? I love ghosts. And I think that death echoes are one of the most fun ghost dynamics. Like, I... I am obsessed. And the fact... Oh, my God. 
I'll talk about more of this, this more later. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, then I have my best friend and my best sister hold my glasses. That's from, oh, this crucial part of the plot, IMO. Uh, there's a part where Maggie, is that her name? Maggie? Yeah. Yes. Maggie's like, I'm scared. And Harry's like, me too. And then they start making out. And Ed, like, walks in on it and mm-hmm. shines shines his flashlight on them. And they're like, <gasps> and then he's like, my best friend and my best sister. And he turns mm-hmm. to Spruce and is like, hold my glasses. And then they start fighting. <laughs> yeah. He's like, are you banging my sister? Really good. Has always, it, it has, um, it's always sunny. Did you fuck my mom Santa vibes? Yeah, um, for sure. Then I have, so good. That's my next note. And then I have, Corbett died, frowny face. I miss him because I do. I miss Corbett. I'm sorry. Then I have, make a circle out of salt and get inside. Inside the duffel bag? Inside the salt. Another really funny ghost, ghost, ghost facers moment. Because they're so fucking, they're just so stupid. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a little bit between episodes but the fact of the matter is that the only reason that they're alive is because sam and dean showed up even though corbett saved the day because they corbett saved the day because sam and dean said that's what's called a death echo and you can reach their humanity if you have a connection with them yeah and like reach the human inside had sam and dean not been there to tell them that they all would have fucking died for sure Uh uh-huh but like, I don't remember where I was going with this point. They're just... Oh, they're stupid. That, that was my yeah. point. This is... So this is my favorite quote from the episode. Um, And I, I am aware... Again, Tay is going to talk about it more in just a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm aware how problematic this line is. And I'm aware of the moral, like, trepidation behind it. I, I don't know the better word to use right now. But the line... You have to be gay for that poor dead intern really does things to me. I just like it. I think it's funny. And it would be funnier if this was, you know, a better show. It it would be great in our show. But unfortunately... Oh, yeah, it would be awesome in our show. Because our... I'll talk about it. We'll get into it. It's not worth it to do it now. Yeah, we'll get into it. It would be fucking great in our show. It's a great line. However comma you know However, um, comma, comma, comma. yeah my next one is <laughs> corbett makes me so sad i loved i love him he saved the day truly because he fucking uh-huh. did i love you corbett which uh-huh. also isn't his name it's his last name i don't remember it's like ashton or something like that asher i don't know i don't remember adam who knows it's on the page but i don't feel like checking right now then this is another really good line, which is a, another vaguely homophobic one, is mm-hmm. in the end, he says how we learned how gay love can pierce through. Which again, <laughs> we learned that gay love be can pierce it, through the veil it, of death. <laughs> which like out of context is great, but in context. Right. It's being given by a straight character about a gay character who was killed. Like, not a great line in the context, but also out of context. I want that I want that quote, like, on my gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like, the, 
I, I'm gonna have to talk about this because I'm really I really struggled with this episode. I really did. I just that line is. I think I might make it my Discord status actually. Then I have the like, note Sam Sam being like, "Hey, you know that was super fucked up, right?" Is really funny, especially. Hold on, this isn't in my notes. I just thought of this. It's okay. really funny, especially if you think about the fact that, like, up until this point in season three, we as viewers are supposed to be under the impression that Sam has lost some part of his humanity because he has not given a shit about yeah. like killing people. However, watching this documentary he went hey it's really fucked up how much you exploited the death of your friend yeah but all like up until this point that is not the vibes that we've gotten from sam in this season so that's really funny that that he says uh exactly i have the transcript up he says i mean it's bizarre how you all are able to honor corbett's memory while grossly exploiting the manner of his death well done. yeah and then dean says yeah it's a real tight rope you guys are walking there yeah <laughs> Which I'll talk about later. This will come up. Um, um, three notes left. My next one is Sam and Dean leaving behind a fucking super magnet to wipe the footage. They're so funny. At first we thought that maybe Sam had made it, but then Dean's the one who says it by name. And I was like, oh, Dean? Dean Smart Moments? And honestly, maybe it's like has something to do with him being like a car like so into car mechanics like maybe he just knows yeah. shit like that um i guess that would make sense huh um and then so they really made <laughs> this is this is my note i meant to say this during like the reaction uh-huh. but then i got distracted so i said i was gonna write it in my notes and i did they really made this episode at like the height of shows like ghost hunters and ghost adventures and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah and they were like we know what we're doing and they did this for me like at this point in my life in 2008 i had i didn't know what fucking supernatural was but i sure as hell knew what ghost hunters was mm-hmm. sure as hell knew that Mm-hmm. I loved that shit. Conversely, like, a lot of people, one of the reasons, and I'm not, just because I'm trying to get out of the habit of just reading a ton of reviews at the end. I'm going to try to just, like, find, like, one or two if I want to talk to some about it. But okay. this this episode is very mixed reviews, and I'm not going to tell you the rating yet. That's part of the fun. Right. But a lot of the people who don't like it, they just think it's a waste. They don't necessarily think it's that funny. A lot of people think it's cringe. That's a, that's something newer. It's so good. A lot of people who don't like it who are newer think it's cringe, but other people are like, this doesn't add anything to the plot. Like, this is a pointless episode. And in some ways, I get it. Because, like, right. usually, fil- usually filler ep- episodes do tend to add something about the characters. It doesn't tell us anything new about Sam and Dean. It doesn't tell us anything well, new about the world. Does it really it, tell us anything about new about Sam and Dean other than Dean has two months to live and had this on his bucket list? Yeah. Does it really deepen his character in, like, a really meaningful way? Because, like, no. here's the thing. We have, like, a different, like, when you say filler episodes, usually what people are thinking of are, is in anime, these episodes, Beach they would episode, literally baby. put... Well, what they were doing was literally putting in filler episodes so they wouldn't get past the manga. That's what that comes from. In oh. Western media, it's a little bit different, where they're like, kind of like they're there for breathing and they're w- there for character development. Usually, there's not like a we don't want to get past the source material kind of thing. You know, oh. that's not a thing when it's an original show. But that's that's like the origin of where some of these came from. 
it's not where it always comes from, especially in anime nowadays that isn't always based in manga, but, like, you know, that's, like, the general idea. That's why you have, like, the beach episode where, like, not a ton happens. Right. That makes but in sense. Western, but in Western media, usually you, there's, like, an expectation of, like, something is going to develop, but nothing develops in this one, so it does end up a skippable episode. <laughs> and right. And that's what and a that lot is... of people are angry about. That is fair that this is a skippable episode, but also I don't think that anybody should skip it ever. Unless, well, of course, you're sensitive to the topics that are discussed, which is I also super think valid. that it's like, are you done with notes? You're not done with notes. I'll talk about no, this No, I later. have one more. Finish this. Um, so funny that Sam and Dean wipe the fucking footage because they're fucking dead men and they cannot be caught. <laughs> That's my final note. Okay. So, Lore Library is going to be a little different, because this isn't all lore. This is just, like, a Taya's rant corner today. Um, so the first thing I wanted to say is, just because I was just talking about it, but, like, this season, as we mentioned, was written during the previous Waga strike. And because of that, a lot of this season drastically changed. And we've talked about this. It is confirmed. Erica Kripke has said, like, Bella's Bella's arc was supposed to be longer. It was truncated. That's one of the reasons it's just like it's so weird. They this this season was supposed to be 22 episodes and it was cut to 16. So that is what six episodes that are gone. That's like a whole arc. That's like right. that's like especially on Supernatural. Supernatural's arcs are usually like three episodes. That could have been two whole arcs. Like that's a lot for them to cut. And one that of the reasons insane. that this episode does kind of stick out to me. And we'll talk about this maybe in the season wrap-up, too, because I think it's going to be one of my things. The pacing of Supernatural is always so weird, but it's especially weird in this season, where Eric Kripke said that in some ways the writer strike benefited Supernatural because they really had to focus on Dean and, like, both him dying and, like, how maybe they were going to get him back. And then there's episodes like this where I'm like, you only had 16 episodes, and this one doesn't actually add to your right. main plot, which, like, as fun as this episode was, hypothetically, I didn't have as much fun as Haley. I had moments. Um, it's hard for me to, like, get past the fact that I'm like, I need them to focus on the yeah. plot lines they're trying to build. And they're doing an episode that is completely detached from everything, and if you remove it from the season, nothing happens. If this were a 22-episode season, I don't think I would have as much of an issue with that, but as a 16-episode season where right. they admit we had to truncate and just completely drop a lot of plots, I'm like, well, why is this here? You know, that's kind of like, why are we here? Just from this article that I found called Supernatural, How Real-Life Events Sent Dean to Hell in Season 3, which is on Screen Rant. I'll link it in both the show notes and on Twitter in our thread. Um, for Supernatural's part, Season 3 episode was slashed considerably in arcs involving Bella and the Azazel-Mary-Winchester connection were curtailed as a result. Another supernatural plot that suffered greatly during the writer's strike was Sam Winchester developing psychic abilities through the use of demon blood. According to Kripke, the original plan for Sam's powers to become far more powerful over the course of season three, but the writer's strike pushed this material back to season four, where a souped-up Sam would then, oops, 
where souped up Sam would have saved his brother from Lilith in or before season three finale, Dean was left without anyone to spare him from his grim fate and therefore ended the season stuck in hell. This season basically, like, changed the trajectory of the show because while I do believe that, like, this first five seasons had the most pre-planning, I think that this changed how they were going to get to Lucifer, basically. I think that's, this is like a shift in how they had to approach it because Dean was not supposed to die. So if they were going to introduce angels, which I do believe they were doing anyway, because I think that they were probably getting there regardless, right? Lucifer, Lucifer is in like the bones of this show, basically, because like just with things they've, yeah, sure. Um, like we're, I'm pretty sure when they started the show and they were like, we're going to have five seasons, we're probably going, we're going to get to that moment. I don't think it was like just this season where they started figuring this out because Sam's demon blood thing is intrinsically tied to Lucifer. If it was an accident after this season, then I guess good fucking job writers, you did a great one. But I do think that was set up beforehand. They just changed how they got there. So Sam was supposed to save Dean and Dean wasn't supposed to die. The only reason we have Destiel is because of this writer's strike, because they had to get him out of hell once he died. Talking about this strike, there is a dig at the writer's strike at the very beginning of the episode. Like, it's like one of the first lines of the show, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it's one, two, three, it's the fourth line of the show. And Ed says, we know you've had it hard during the crippling writer's strike. And then Harry says, lazy fat cats. And Ed says, who needs writers when you've got guys like us? I do Uh want to say that from a live journal post I found where somebody contacted Sarah Gamble, I believe she was striking and supposedly like Eric and Bob were like, very respectful about this and from what i know that neither of them had any writing involvement with this episode i don't like this line yeah and it's not a joke it's a hit yeah and there there's people who are probably like oh well it's just like a little like it's not a big deal especially since this this will lead into the next bit about the meta narrative of this episode i don't think it's funny like at all so i don't like it i don't like that and Whoever specifically wrote that line, I think it was you, Ed. I don't like it. Is it Ed? No, his last name's Ed. (laughs) Ben, I'm not a fan. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm, I'm like, trying to figure out how to word my thoughts. I have such a hard time with Corbett, and... From the few th- the things I was able to find that still Kay exist has a from with Tumblr, Corbett because they're homophobic. <laughs> no, <laughs> I could only I could only find a few Tumblr posts about it like easily. I'm sure there's more out there, and I'm sure many more have been deleted or lost to time. I'm sure many are behind like locked accounts and stuff like that. So this is. But I will say I found a post from 2014 that said this is one of the most decisive, like de- decisive. Is that the word? Divisive? Episode divisive. Yeah, divisive. Divisive episodes of Supernatural because people can't seem to decide if Corbett was like good gay rep or not. And 
if it's like satire or if we should be taking it seriously like that's something that's apparently up for a lot of debate and one of the things that kind of clouds the water is that this episode was nominated for a glad award now taya i understand that that is an award and i i didn't ask earlier but i'm going to ask now for our viewers who might be like me and don't know anything about (laughs) awards can you specify what a glad award is Okay, so um, this is directly from supernaturalwiki.com, just because I have it open, but, like, GLAD is... Uh, I know it's the... GLAD. Isn't it, isn't it with two Ds? It's two As. Close. Fuck! <laughs> so it is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Oh, and... holy shit! <laughs> and the awards are awarded to recognize and honor media for their fair, accurate, and inclusive representation of the gay lesbian, bisexual, and transgender community and the issues that affect their lives. In 2009, Supernatural was nominated for Outstanding Individual Episode in a Series Without a Regular LGBT Character for the 313 Ghost Facers written by Ben Edlund, which features gay Ghost Facers intern Corbett, who is killed but still manages to destroy the vengeful spirit. It lost out to an episode of The New Adventures of Old Christine. And I I think that... Both See, shows. Had like, I known, had I known what the acronym was, I probably would have had a bigger reaction when you told me the first time. <laughs> but yeah. also, that makes for good podcast. I can tell you that they were nominated three times. Holy shit! And we'll talk about the other two times when we get to them. The next one is in, I think, season five, season five, and then the next one is in season eight. And it never won one, but it was nominated three times. I'm and glad think, that it never won. Yeah, I think that this muddies the water a little bit because it does, at least for me, put a little bit more into perspective, like 2009, where are we at? Which, That's fine. True. That's, okay, fine, I guess I can say that. But I can also look back at history and be like, still, that's not good. You know, like, I'm allowed to do Right, that. because, like, yes, it's 2009, 2009 or 2008 or whatever, but, but it at the same time, <laughs> like, right, like, I... I mean, this is not on necessarily on the same topic, but like, I saw, um, I was I was on TikTok this morning, uh-huh. and I saw some clip from, I think it was Love Boat, about a transgender character that was on, in like 1981 or whatever, mm-hmm. and how they handled it, and it was like, really fucking good, like well handled in the you know two minute clip I saw on TikTok. And, like, I was looking in the comment comments, and people were like, you know, some people in here are saying that it's really good for the time, but this is honestly a better representation of trans characters that we have uh, now in 2020. And mm-hmm. I was like, bro, you're so right. So, like, sometimes the test of time yeah. argument doesn't hold up, actually. Yeah, I'm always thinking of, I think it may be, I don't remember which dropout show or interview or whatever it was but there's this this short clip from it where um they're talking about um superman having like it's not kryptonite but it's like this pink kryptonite maybe which makes him like extremely effeminate and he like likes interior decorating and it was like so when was this put out and it was like 2007 yeah, so it was probably during that, like... And in that... I hate that I'm about, like... Do you remember, like, the metrosexual boom? Probably. And yeah. it... I can't remember if they mention it in this video or if it... 
was in like replies and reblogs under this video where people were talking about how homophobic the early 2000s were. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think in some regard, one of the reasons for that, and I'm saying this with like, I haven't taken a queer studies class in a hot second. So I'm just saying shit. I think part of it is when marginalized people become more, I don't want to say more visible, when more like you you see this you tend to see the spike of hate right when a marginalized right. community becomes slightly more visible it allows people more people to go oh i don't like that so like you know what i mean which might have been right. something that and happened also, in like, the early 2000s and also like uh, <laughs> humanity is so fucking crazy and like what was the political climate at the time like mm-hmm. I don't know my presidents. I know Obama was 2008. I cannot tell you who was before Obama. Was it Bush? Yes. <laughs> okay, it was Bush. I'm pretty sure. I also, we were children and it wasn't entirely important. Here's the thing. Haley and I, I remember, like, doing fake votes for Obama in elementary I do too. school. So, like, that's where my political knowledge truly begins. But I think it was right. Bush because of... Because of 9-11. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, I literally only remember... Obama is the first president I have any knowledge of because I remember yeah. there was there was, um, there was was um a black kid in my class who, when he was elected, the next day he came into class crying because he was so happy and it made oh. me really happy. Yeah. Mm. We're a little off topic. But what we're, we're saying is things are wild. And back to Supernatural. Um, I... I can appreciate that this episode is meta and it does go out of its way to show us that it is meta. It it shows us the editing. It explicitly shows us Sam and Dean watching the episode and goes, you just watched what Sam and Dean watched. That's what we saw. We saw these flawed people and what they edited this into. Like, it's not... It's it's not like a supernatural episode. It is a ghost facers episode that we dropped into a supernatural episode. Right. And then they have Sam and Dean comment on it. They have Sam say that it's exploitative and have Dean say it's walking a fine tightrope or tightrope or whatever. So here's funny. here's my issue with it. And I did I'm reading my own notes because I read a few posts and I, I found a lot of blog posts by gay people who do not like this episode. Like from I'm pretty sure around that time period or not long after where like like 2013 which isn't too much long after in like the grand scheme of things you know right it is six years as opposed to 17 years yeah and overwhelmingly it's like there's like a lot of gay jokes in here like we said some of those lines are funny but it's out of the context of this is season three of supernatural right and even if Haley and i talked about this ed seems very uncomfortable no harry 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 seems very uncomfortable with the idea because harry's the one when harry's the one who's like you know corbett's fine and all but i think he has the hots for ed yeah, so Harry seems a little more uncomfortable with it, and it's never clear if it's just because, like, because he says, like, that could be disastrous for the team. It's not clear if, like, that's because, like, any romance between the team could be bad, which then is him covering up for his feelings for Maggie, whatever. I saw that discussion. Oh. Um, or, like, some homophobia, but he has the most, like, kind of, like, homophobic lines. He makes, like, yeah. 
thrusting motions when he's like, you have to, you know, and then does that. No, 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 no. It's so, um, when, when they go to, when Corbett has his, uh, echo, um, they're trying to figure out how to reach him. And Harry's like, well, Ed, you know, Corbin really liked you. Yeah, thank you. And Ed is like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. And mm-hmm. um, H- Harry's like, well, he really liked you. And yes, Harry's thank you. Ben- Ed is like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? And then Harry goes, well, you know, like, and then he does like thrusting moments. M- moments? Movements. Moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, well, we talked about like, well, Ed seems like not, not necessarily like, he reciprocates, but more like he know once he knows about Corbett's crush, he doesn't, he doesn't like feel any sort of way, and he like genuinely seems to like Corbett, and like it's just sad his friend died. But like <laughs> everything you, Harry says about, about Corbett is just like uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> Even if yeah, one of these like- one of these posts said like nothing is explicitly said to the gay character that's homophobic, which I guess is, that's technically good. You know, it is good, and... Right, like, they didn't call him the F-slur, like, what? (laughs) Congratulations. Let's give him an award. We almost did. But, um, some people are upset by Barrier Gaze, which I'm gonna mention here, because we previously mentioned, uh, the quote-unquote gay list, where we're just gonna keep track of any named, uh, LGBT characters, and then also if they die. And so far, we're two for two with Lily from oh. the the Psychic Kids, who tells us she accidentally killed her girlfriend, and then is the first one killed. Um, and then Corbett, who immediately also dies. Yeah. But the thing is, so this episode falls into some tropes, including barrier gaze, a gay guy having a crush on a straight guy. And, um, just, like, general, like, uh, like, exploit, exploitation of, of, like, a, a gay person's pain and death repeatedly. Right, yeah. We see his death on the camera, and they're going to show it. Their plan was to show it, which is why Sam comments on it, but it keeps cutting back to it. It keeps cutting back to him, There is literally dead a body. break that freezes on it. His, his his echo, we see his echo multiple times. It's a lot. You see it often. And one of the arguments you see is like, well, it's satire. They're making fun of, like, this idea. And that's where I have an issue. Because even if you're looking at this as meta and satire, and I saw people saying, well, this show, this episode has been described as meta by the author. We're not talking about the writer. Like, we're starting at death of the writer, death of the author. Their intent doesn't matter. The show does make it explicitly clear that this is not, that this is, like, a meta. Yeah. Okay, fine. Even if it's satire, this doesn't work because Supernatural falls into many of these tropes when it is not satire. When it is just existing as itself, it falls into these tropes anyway. I can't remember if we have, like, this much exploitation of another gay person's death, but... Most of the gay people in this show are dead. Some of them die multiple times. (laughs) Like, that's not awesome. And if you want to talk about the idea that a gay character is in love with a straight one, that's the entire plot of Destiel. 
Like, that's how the show ends. So you can't say it's satire and commentary on these homophobic tropes and then do them genuinely. Because it's not them being like, we did this in the past, but now we're getting better. Because they didn't. They really, they didn't. So it's like, the gay jokes in this video can't be satire. When Supernatural makes these gay jokes outside of your metafictional video, Dean is still going to say these things. They come into the room and see, uh, run into Ed and Corbett and... Dean, for some reason, Dean says, you and your girlfriends have to get out of here. And Haley was confused because we thought, Haley thought Maggie was in there. Maggie was not in the room at the time. They had not run into Maggie. They didn't know Maggie was there. I think maybe... And I was like, oh, maybe there's another girl. I think maybe Ed said something like, oh, because Dean was like, where's your original partner in crime? I think maybe Ed said something about he's exploring elsewhere. But Dean just referred to all of them as your girlfriends, which was like, that was Dean. Where they were, they did not edit, the Ghostfacers did not edit him saying that. That's just what Dean said. And that's what Dean says outside of this video, too. So it can't be commentary on homophobic jokes if that's just the norm. Like, there are moments in here that are genuine. I genuinely do believe that Ed cared about Corbett and loved him in a non-romantic way because I, I don't think that they were trying to imply that Ed was also is also like gay or bi or anything because right. then they go and make a joke like the power of gay love like no that's not the power not... of gay love pierces the veil of death exactly like I just I don't think that that's what they were trying to imply and so I think that this episode ends up just being a little confusing to figure out what they're trying to say because like it is still homophobic i can't stress how sad it is to repeatedly watch this kid die and just again and again and at least the characters know that it's painful but then they also go and make a video about it and show it again and again and again so like i don't know and also this doesn't pass the backdale test there's only one girl so true so so true so yeah. yeah that was long that was long but i think it needed to be long yeah so, <laughs> it's oh. okay this episode um, it, it's just a lot it's a lot for an episode that does ultimately not matter right so here's my crack ship for the day um it's ed and sam why not sure yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Ghostfacer's theme song. <laughs> yeah, I w- I'm not surprised there. I didn't hear any of these other songs, but they were there, and Haley noticed them. This episode is also brought to you by It's My Party by Leslie Gore. I didn't hear that it one. Literally, it literally played while Corbett was being murdered. I'm sorry. You better be. Corbett died for us. I don't know if he died for us. He died? To... Well, his ghost died for us. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, fave, fave thing on the wiki was hard for me today. Um, but I just... I did decide on the section... Um, 
fa- under featured supernatural beings, I said that Death Echo. <laughs> Oh my god. I just like that Death Echo is here because Death Echoes are my fave. Mm. I fucking forget what I was going to say when I was talking about it earlier, and I was like, yeah, I'll talk about it later. I don't know what I was going to say there. But I love ghosts, and I love episodes that have to do with ghosts and ghost lore and, and dynamics. And this being one is. Oh, I remember what I was going to say, I think. Maybe. I don't know. But this is, I mean, something that I'm going to say. Um, just. The, being able to re, like reach a ghost and their humanity really gets me mm-hmm. like there's something that it, it just fucking gets me like one of my favorite books spoiler alert for fucking deep and dark and dangerous by mary downing han if you haven't read it yet and you really care to i'm sorry but um there's this fucking scene in that book where sissy who is the ghost girl up until this point, she has been an antagonistic, like, force. Mm-hmm. But there's a point in the book, towards the end, when she goes to the main character's room, and it's mm-hmm. it's nighttime. The main character's, like, in her PJs. She's getting ready for bed. And Sissy sits down on the bed in front of her and asks her to brush her hair for her. And, like... It fucking made me cry the first time I read it. And every time I think about it, it makes me... It fucking makes me insane. So just, like... (sighs) The scene where... They have to, like, break Corbett from his echo... Like... His echo. Even though it's this sincere moment that is played weird because of all of the things that Taya said. It's still in that, like... Trope of ghost dynamic that I fucking love so I just like that I love ghosts I love ghosts so much I know we all know that's why we're here frankly that's why that's literally why we're here my favorite thing on the wiki is under trivia and it is it is noteworthy that this episode can really be considered a kind of pilot for the future web series spinoff of Supernatural which is the web series of ghost facers which is 11 episodes long maybe like an hour max, and at some point, Haley and I will be watching it. And it will be great. Yeah, we're gonna wait a little bit, because the last one has cast in it, so we want to at least start season four. So, yeah. 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 One of my red... Yeah. Yeah. So, alright. Here's the thing. Yes. My ratings are funny. You know this. You all okay. know this by now. What did you do? I'm stalling a little bit right now because I'm trying to wait for Google to fucking load for me. Because I'm trying to open the ratings chart right now. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So, as you may know, the last episode was Mystery Spot, which I rated a 10 out of 10. No, it wasn't. LOL, I forgot the last episode was Justin Bell. <laughs> Yeah, that episode just, like, wasn't very, like, noteworthy. <laughs> That's so funny! Which is well, wild, because it ends with Lilith showing up. Like, despite everything that so happened to that funny. episode, I also forgot that it was the last one. Oh my god. That's so funny. Anyway, as you may remember, Mystery Spot was in this season! <laughs> <laughs> and I rated it 10 out of 10. I like this episode more than Mystery Spot. I like this episode more than Tall Tales, which I also rated a 10 out of 10. 
I want to give this an 11 out of 10. Oh my god. <laughs> this is, in my opinion, one of the episodes of all time. <laughs> it's just... <sighs> I understand that it's a mixed bag in the ratings, but it's just the fucking goofiness and the way that it plays off of that, like, fucking reality TV show shit. In my heart, this episode is an 11 out of 10. However, to go along with my ratings, it is 10 out of 10 scale. I will be rating it 10 out of 10. All right. But know that in my heart... Oh, okay. Got in your heart, this epi- of course. In my heart, this episode, it, it surpasses the boundary of a rating scale. <laughs> awesome. Okay. On IMDb, this episode has... A 7.6 out of 10. Shit! Which I think, if I go back to Supernatural as a whole, let me just do that real quick. I believe it makes it one of the lowest episodes for this season, if not the lowest. Wow. Yeah, it's the lowest of this season. It is the lowest by 0.2. And so the majority of people not liking this one is it, it doesn't do anything. They don't think it's funny. Um, they don't think the acting is good. They, they don't like that nothing happens. You can skip it. A lot of them are like, it's not bad, but it could be better. You know, there are some people who really like it. There are some people who like love it, but a lot are like, you can skip it. Like there's nothing here. Just skip it. And, I mean, I think the frustration with this one was, like, a lot of people haven't been liking this season. There were, there's a few standouts. People love Mystery Spot, obviously. But, like, people don't care for the Bella plot line. People don't care for the pacing. People don't, like, you know, all this stuff. And so this one just seems like a waste of time to people. And I actually found someone who said, who gave it a uh, 2 out of 10. And, hilariously, this one was written in 2022. And they said, the question is why? Was this the writer's week off? And did they let a junior high class write this episode? Help. Oh my god. I don't know. I can't say this for sure, but I read a few things in a few articles and blog posts about Corbett. um, About, supposedly, the actors for Ed and Harry did a lot of improv. Um... Because they were spec, there was speculation about like the thrusting being like an improv thing that was left in, and I guess they've said they did a lot of improv for stuff, and I think you can a little bit tell. And I don't think, based on the other episodes that this writer has written, it it feels like one where they maybe gave some ideas, <laughs> and then for some of the scenes, were like, "How would you react?" Uh huh. Just a little bit, and again. This is speculation because I can't know what was actually in that script. These could be word for word, action for action, what was on paper. Right. But it it does kind of have that quality, which is a reason why some people love it. Because it does have that mockumentary feeling. And like maybe it. some of that is from them improving and just feeling out what feels right to say in that moment as those characters. 
But yeah, this is a, this is a disliked episode. And I can kind of see what they're saying about the acting. It's like, it's goofy. But it's also like, I get that it's supposed to be. But I will also say <laughs> that the, the, the actor from Ed, for Ed is, is, is A.J. Buckley. And he was in Christmas Mail. So if you've seen the Drew Goodman <laughs> video... That's the level, that's, he's a little bit better in this, but that is still kind of the level of acting we're working with. It just works better because he's in a comedic role. Right. If that makes sense. I think um, it does. Yeah, this one is not liked. Yeah. Which that's... is kind of wild because I do remember people liking the ghost facers, but I guess just not this one. And having watched the episode, I don't think I would give it a 10 out of 10. But I don't know if I'd give it a 1. Right. Like, the homophobic stuff is really a huge deal to me. But, like, even, I don't know. I don't know what I'd give it. I'm not good at rating. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> that's so fair. See, I'm just... You're I'm just, just having fun. Bad, I'm just having fun, and also, I'm, like, a little bit of a bad gay person sometimes. And <laughs> I think that's in my right. I mean, you're you're also still acknowledging the moments when it's, like, being shitty, so it's not like you're, like, ignoring so that. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to Hatrusa. We are Hatrusa everywhere, and I'm desperately trying to post more, so if you want to interact with me so I have something to interact with back, that would be so fun and cool of you. <laughs> but uh, tell your friends, tell anyone you know who might like a little background noise, tell people who I guess are critical of Supernatural, because, man, I... <laughs> So I get asked all the time why we do this when I clearly don't like the show. <laughs> My friends are like, why? Are I, I don't know. Sam <laughs> loves of... me so much. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we also have a coffee now. It's also Hatrusa. You can either sign up to be monthly, which unfortunately I won't be able to get reactions up until after May because things have gone sideways. But after that, all of them will be available. If you don't want to do monthly now or can't, you can always tip us on coffee. You can do, I think, increments of threes or whatever. I can't remember. Uh, you do not have to, but they would be much appreciated because we have to buy Haley a new mic. <laughs> I work with audio now, and every few, every time I listen, I'm like, mine isn't great, but Haley's is worse. Haley's is the worst. I've had this headset for um, many years, and also it's fucking on its way out. Like every mm -hmm. now and then, it will just like give me this like nice little like high pitched squeak, and I'm like, oh, hello, <laughs> you're uh -huh. talking to me. But yeah, we we suck ass at at advertising our podcast and we also apparently can't figure out how to access the people who still actually care about supernatural so any help is appreciated truly yeah especially since we are now like maybe a month out from meeting castiel so fun oh my god i will be tagging everything we post with destiel just everything we post <laughs> yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I and I know for a fact that there are people who still care about Supernatural because obvious, obviously fucking Winchester's just happened and obviously like it's Supernatural it was one of the biggest fandoms forever and it, I feel like it will be we just have a weird we really are weird because we come out of the game and, like we're well, going to and, be extremely critical yeah and also here's the thing is 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 I've been to a couple of cons in the last year and I keep seeing fucking fucking supernatural fan art on sale at booths and I'm like, 
I guess it's a different story when you ask someone to be a hater with you for over an hour. Yeah. That's a different commitment, I guess. Yeah. But we're happy to be white noise, too. I have debated whether or not I should bring a little sign that's like, listen to my podcast to my conventions this summer. I think you should, and I think you really, I think you should do a tip jar for it. <laughs> I'm a friend of new Mike, so our podcast doesn't sound like shit. <laughs> I'll make, I'll print out a little bit thing of our logo with like a, with the little, with the little, um spotify scan and <laughs> just be like listen to my podcast here wait i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you a picture on 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 discord right now i know that this doesn't make for good podcasting but you can use this picture no um, you can use this picture of me and <laughs> replace it with no mic uh for the listeners there is an image of me that my uh, one of my friends edited, and it's the Megamind No Bitches meme, <laughs> but um, they edited it to me. They made me look like the No Bitches meme. So I think it would be really funny if, along with that Spotify and the listen, um, you, you, you use this and they could say no mic, and that's your advertisement. <laughs> anyway... We'll we'll see you next week. We're we're so close to Kaz. I desperately hope season four is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got to uh, be good. I love how we're good. saying that as if like this show is going to get good when we both know it goes know. downhill drastically. It's after okay. Five. Hey, it's okay because because Castiel's gonna uh gonna uh, what? rip us tight and raise us from perdition. I can't believe that they. <laughs> I can't wait to do a frame-by-frame analysis every single week of all the ways they queer-baited people for, like, ten years. Oh, my God. Anyway. Hey, Taya. And also, and also, did we oh. talk about how <laughs> Warner Brothers and Misha should stay bisexual? I don't think we did. Did we? <laughs> Holy shit. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> okay. Um. Hey, Taya. Hey, Haley. Can we just skip the rest of the season? I would fucking love it. We have to watch Bella and, and Dean die, though. I don't care. We have to watch both of them die. They can't both... They, these three actually, episodes can't be that important, can they? Actually, Bella doesn't die on screen, so... She gets dragged away, though, and you hear it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side.